Hello and welcome to Dank Farrick, a Star Wars podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Carlos Gomez, and I'm here with the other host, Tyler Mendelson. And today we're going to talk about the pilot for the Bad Batch. Time out, time out. What? Today is also Star Wars Day. Oh, oh, that thing. Just say, may the fourth be with you. Yeah, it feels weird to say it at the beginning. We always say it at the end. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) always. Uh, yeah, of course, May the 4th. So what did you do to celebrate May the 4th, by the way? So I had work today, but <laughs> that's, um, that's just as I we were too. talking about in our last episode, I am building a Boba Fett cosplay, and it just so happens that my very first piece, uh, which is the helmet, came in the mail from Russia on the night of the 3rd. From so Russia. I had it for Star Wars Day, and I Holy ended up shit. bringing it to work and uh, screwing around with my coworkers. <laughs> And they let uh, you bring that to work. I brought it to work. Yep. And I sat at my desk with the Boba Fett helmet on. (laughs) But uh, yeah, they're like, God, this nerd. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't care. No shame. And uh, other than that, I just watched some Star Wars stuff, watched the Bad Batch this morning. And uh, here we are. Yeah. I just listened to John Williams uh, quite a bit during the day, during work. Mm. And then I watched the Bad Batch on my phone during lunch hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, not the ideal way to watch it, but, you know, it did the job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I assume a lot of people have seen it or or that's a lot of people's way to celebrate May, May the 4th. Of course, that's probably intentional uh, from Lucasfilm uh, to release The Bad Batch. And I, if I'm not mistaken, the second episode releases this Friday. So it's going to be every Friday uh, onwards. Good. So this is this was like a special thing because it's the pilot. Um so yeah, the Bad Batch. So a little history for the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch was around for the last season of the Clone Wars and they set them up in uh, uh one of the last arcs which I always thought was weird that they would introduce a bunch of characters especially uh, in regards to Echo who is a character that came back uh who was presumed to be dead, a clone was presumed to be dead like in season three. And then they brought him back and made him a part of the Bad Batch by the end of that arc, which I always thought it was weird for them to like tease a potential storyline when the show is about to end. Yeah. But now I see why. Um, same thing with they name dropped Saw Gerrera at the end of the Clone Wars. And they also showed uh, Depa Bilava and Caleb Doom in one of the opening narrations for the clone wars i always thought that was a neat you know nod to rebels but now i see why they didn't <laughs> it, yeah it makes complete sense that it showed them and i gotta say like i was happy to see you know caleb back but at the same time it was just so bizarre and like disturbing yes. because freddie prince it, he sounds like a full-grown adult, <laughs> exactly as he sounds in Rebels, and he's this little-ass teenager. Just trying, he's like, just trying to sound a little bit younger, but it still sounds the not, same, you know? He, he needed to do a better job of making, like, a, a younger voice, or, like, the editor should have, like, you know, worked with his audio to make him, like, higher-pitched or something, because he sounded like a full-grown adult, and it, I was not ready to see that, and I think... It was they could have just gotten like a, a different actor. <laughs> I think it would be... I mean, easier. it didn't have to be a different actor, but just... You know, make it a little bit more high pitched. 
Yeah. He didn't even but, try. It was a full-grown yeah. adult. So this that's the first thing that pops up. But okay, so going back a little bit, the show starts and we see the Clone Wars logo like we did in the last uh, couple episodes with the Siege of Mandalore. You know, the red Clone Wars logo? that It didn't have the classic da but it had like that super serious version of the Clone Wars logo. And then it, yeah. it transforms into the Bad Batch. And then the fucking narration starts like it did in the Clone Wars. And it was yeah. fucking sweet because it's like, oh my, we're back in business. I was and, just immediately excited. I was just like, yes. all right, let's do this. And we saw the snippets of Revenge of the Sith in Clone Wars animation yes. form. Like literally they awesome. remade shot for shot some of the scenes from Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, I picked up on it immediately. It was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, it's really cool to see these exact shots redone in, you know, the animation style. Yeah, especially uh, General Grievous has like an yep. updated look. Uh, yeah. Even though he, he didn't do anything, but, you know, he, he it, had it was time him to as, aban- abandon ship. Pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> time to abandon ship. <laughs> uh, but I love that we're, we're dropped right in the middle of the Revenge of the Sith timeline because it's not even like Clone Wars ends up, I don't know how many years later with the Vader epilogue uh, because we already see them stormtroopers. You know, it looks like the Empire. This is still like right in the middle of the Revenge of the Sith. They the wanted movie. to get right into what the Bad Batch, like what was the moment when Execute Order 66 happened and how did they respond to it, which I'm right. glad they showed. It didn't just go into Order 66 already happening. Like we see how they react and it makes complete sense that their inhibitor chips don't work. Really work, yeah. Um, we find but out it, that Crosshairs did a little bit. Yeah, and they, they Tarkin amplified it. But yeah. um, the weird thing, like the cool thing to me is that we actually, for the first time, see what happens immediately after Order 66 from the clone's point of view. From the clone perspective. Um, which is really cool because I always assumed they would be like filled with regret, uh, but I can see that they're all still in, in that kind of trance where they, they're buying into what Palpatine's selling, yeah. you know, the whole thing with the Empire. Uh, but so right out of the gate, we see the, the Caleb Doom and Depe Vilava, uh relationship. And the the I know a lot of fans. I've seen this online where fans are kind of uh, angry. Which I don't know if you know this about Star Wars fans, but they can bitch <laughs> a lot. Uh, but people, some people are bitching that the there's a Kanan comic that was released like in 2015, which is a really great comic, by the way. People yeah. should check it out. It's like one of the best com- uh, Star Wars comics in the canon that tells the story of how. Depa Bilaba got shot down by the clones uh, during Order 66, and it's a really, it's a completely different interpretation of it. Like, there's, there's, it's clearly not the same uh, way to tell the the story. Well, that's and, why, I mean, yeah. respect to the comics for you know extending the lore and making you know light of things that we might not have discussed or have been shown in media, but this is exactly why I don't get into the comics is that they can immediately just be overwritten to where it's like non-canon, you know? So I like to only focus on things that are canon. I never really got into the expanded universe or anything like that. Well, in the EU, it was like that. It was just overwritten all over the place every time. But since Disney had this whole PR thing where everything is the same level of canon now, 
that's the frustrating part because they pretend like it is and then they override it. Uh, which, to be fair, so I like the 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 version of the comics is more emotional. Oh, grant that. But I'll like if Dave Filoni wants to rewrite shit that other creators have done in in I don't want to say lesser mediums because it's but Star Wars was originated on the screen. To me, anything that yeah. happens on screen overrides anything that happens in publishing. Agreed. Like like the written pub, like books yep. or whatever. So the same thing happened with the Siege of Mandalore a little bit with the Ahsoka novel. So yeah. I just get past that and and I'm like okay. But I thought it was really cool and really clever that they set up. Uh, Rebels a little bit with that, and um, mm-hmm. if you watch this in chronological order, as I s- assume like many kids will now, when they watch the Clone Wars, and they will, will, wa- will they will watch the Bad Batch, and then they will watch Rebels. When they get to Rebels, it's gonna mean a They'll lot more. Know Kanan and yeah, because it, it's gonna you can actually like they talk about this story in Rebels when he says, like, "What's the last thing your master told you?" and he's like, "Run." So mm-hmm. we're actually seeing this, which is really cool. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, clearly, Crosshair is still he's he's part of the program. <laughs> he's like good soldiers follow. Orders. I'm not even surprised, honestly. Like I kind of saw this coming. Crosshair has always been like the standoffish dick of a character yeah. compared to the others. Like the others are very laid back and chill, and Crosshair is just this cold blooded dick bag. And it, I, I don't know. Like he just always seemed like the one who was going to turn on them if there was going to be one. Mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised but i think it does add to the drama the yeah. the question is like is he going to turn good again and probably i mean you know only time will tell but there's so much to show we've had one episode so far and there's just so much story to go forward with that's another thing i want to bring up is we're talking about these characters now as the real people like off of the clone wars arc i didn't feel too strongly about the bad batch i thought it was a fine arc i liked it i enjoyed it but I wasn't like particularly attached to the characters. But just like from this pilot alone, I feel like I know them a lot better and I like them a lot better as individual 100% agree. I didn't give two shits about the Bad Batch when the you know their arc happened in the Clone Wars final season because it, it was just very repetitive stuff of them running around, killing droids, and we didn't really get to see what their characters were like as people. And I couldn't fit in with them. I couldn't find ways to, you know, appreciate them as individuals. But with this, we're immediately shown their personalities on a broader, on a, a yeah. more depth scale. And Absolutely. Uh, I, I instantly was enjoying it. Like from the get go, enjoyed the episode. Hundred percent. Felt like Star Wars. Because yeah. even the humor, the humor and the action and the seriousness, everything was like the perfect concoction. I was really it was very, very Dave Filoni. And it just was such an appreciation of all Star Wars and had such a respect for the, the, the story at large. And I'm just completely in it now. Like, I, that was a perfect episode. I'm glad they decided to go with a 70-minute episode to give us time to actually get into it. Yeah, which I think they're all going to be 30 minutes now from an own, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And it's going to be 16 episodes for season one. 16. Um, yeah. So... Another thing I want to bring up, which I loved, was the soundtrack. Now, Kevin Kiner, he's done the soundtrack for Clone Wars the whole time and Rebels as well. And it's, um, John Williams isn't, uh, you know, a good act to follow. Probably a lot of pressure. But there was oh, a yeah. theme that he wrote for the Bad Batch back in the Clone Wars that 
gets reprised here. And I, you know what I'm talking about? Dun, 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 dun. You know yeah. that thing? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was like uh, really good and representative of the, like, it, it's going to be a theme that it's, to me, it's going to become iconic, like a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Representative like, Banks. Oh my God. <laughs> whenever I think about it, I'll probably think of the, of the batch, the sad batch as one of the clones called them. Do that was like that? funny. Yeah. No, yeah. that, that was a great part of the episode. Now that you brought it up is we actually see not just them as misfits, but I mean, they're basically, even as badass as they are, they're rejected Yes. by all the other clones. And yes. it's cool to see that because, you know, they're, they're like this elite unit, but just because they are born defective in the sense that they're not like all of the other clones, the other clones don't like them. So right. not only is that a good setup for post order 66, where, you know, we delve into the empire where they're thrust into this position of, do we follow the clones or do we, you know, go Make find our own, our own fate, our own path. Um, but it's it just because we've only had limited interaction of the bad batch with other clones like Rex, we, we haven't really seen anything of how, the other clones perceive them. So to see them on Camino, just doing various things like eating at the, you know, the cafeteria and things like that, we see the clones really don't like them and they're very unpopular. Yeah. Another great thing about that. I'm glad you brought up Camino because a lot of the episode takes place in Camino. And I, yeah. I've always wondered about Camino and the Caminoans post order 66, because we know that the clone troopers eventually get phased out. But you can you can start seeing these like conversations happening, where yes. Tarkin, where Tarkin is like, I don't know if we need them anymore, that was, and they're like, what that do you was mean? my most excited thing about yeah. the, the 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 premise of the Bad Batch show is to see how the clones get actually phased out and turned into you know what we know as the stormtroopers with actual humans, just not clones taking the mantle. Um, but like, I'm excited to see what actually happens with the the actual clone troopers. Yes, and I love that they set it up in the pilot because it's clearly going to be like the main, probably one of the main uh, issues of the show. Yep, it's going to be the the phasing out of the of the clones. Uh, Tarkin looks a little different um, from his Clone Wars. Uh, They're trying days. to turn him into the Episode Four Tarkin, which I thought yes. was a good call. Yes. But also, I loved, and I, I didn't pick up on this, that they referenced the Citadel uh, arc from the Clone Wars. Because, of course, Tarkin knew Echo. And that was yes. a great... Th so those little connections where the, the universe feels so lived in and they don't miss like a single beat and or opportunity to connect everything. Yep. Those are the things that excite me most. Also, like there was this droid, you know, the droid, the medical droid that was in the yeah. in the fives arc. He was yep. brought back for this. And I was like, I never thought about that. And I was like, that's completely genius. Like you don't right. need to make new shit up that you can, when you can pull from from the other stuff and it feels completely organic. Yep. Uh, which makes this feel a lot like Clone Wars season eight. I, I, I wonder if the, the narration is going to continue in the future episodes. Now that the war's over. I mean, the writing was excellent. The characterization was excellent. And like you were just saying, um, the animation mm -hmm. was just like, you know, they really didn't miss a beat from the final season of Clone Wars to now. It 
it's just it just keeps evolving and getting better and better and it looks so cinematic and for me that's such a draw like it you know the show clone wars started out as such a kiddie thing and became much more serious and dramatic and adult like and bad batch is just completely going in that direction too where you know kids can enjoy it but adults can easily enjoy it yeah. and i i don't know i'm just digging it well to me it makes makes a lot of sense to me that clone wars started kiddier because well ahsoka but also uh as we get closer to revenge of the sith you know they need to get more fucked up with the story because it's gonna get darker and you you need to get to that place <clears throat> and that's also what war does is it mm -hmm. makes men out of you know young kids essentially and yeah. as the clone wars raged on you know anakin matured and a great deal um so and the adults well. did obi-wan and you know all the others so to see to see just go down this darker and darker path is really cool yeah uh speaking of ahsoka and the kids and everything uh omega we get introduced to this kid uh, who i still don't understand to be honest I don't know what to make of her. We know it's a she now, uh, I think, right? Yeah. Yep, it's a girl. And um, it, I think she's a clone of Django. That's exactly what I... She has a Kiwi accent and everything. I completely got... Just, just looking at side-by-side -side comparisons of Boba Fett and the other young clones mm -hmm. um, of Django... Looking at them side by side with Omega, you could definitely tell there's very similar features of the face. So I'm just going to assume that that is a Django clone, the only female version that ended up coming out. So she's a defect, just like the Bad Batches. So, you know, I think it works perfectly that she fits in with them and they take her under their wing, especially because she didn't fit in on Camino and she had no home there really and yeah. no support. So, uh, and they said the, the Empire didn't know about her. Which was interesting. I yeah, think I think Seuss the Kaminoans, Kaminoans, uh, definitely seemed to people. want to protect her, and it was cool to see just dialogue scenes between the Kaminoans of how they're processing the Empire. You know, I don't think they wanted it to go down this route, and I think even though they knew about the inhibitor chips and the eventual turn on the Jedi. They thought that they were just going to be used to keep making clones and keep this thing going for years and years, but that clearly wasn't the the plan. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the kid though? Like, do you like her? Is it something that annoys? Because I know you were you were reticent that maybe it would be annoying or something like that. I can say without a doubt, I like the character, and mm. I don't think she was annoying at all. She was resourceful. She wasn't stupid. She, you know, wasn't annoying, just a good character, a good introduction, and it was very different. I think Dave Filoni and the writers really learned from, you know, what happened with the Clone Wars and the early introduction of Ahsoka and, like, how people didn't like how arrogant and annoying she was. Even if it turned into great characterization, I think for an already established world within the Clone Wars type of era, for them to introduce Omega in this way was a lot better of a call to make her instantly likable what i wonder is what's her special ability because if like you know they all have special things going on they all have like archetypical abilities what is hers i wonder if it's 
maybe the force is that would something like that but actually that, that's a very good theory too but mm. if i because can it also makes me wonder if it's django's django fett's dna uh, uh mixed with someone else's that would be very cool yeah <laughs> and then like somebody falls force sensitive yep that would be very cool but i was going to say uh my theory is from the trailers we see her using like a bow and arrow type thing and uh she also in the episode saved uh hunter's life by taking a very well precise shot um it seems that she's sort of like crosshair that she has excellent aim and uh you know is very precise with her weapon of choice whatever she's using yeah well that yeah that's in the trailer so that's probably going to be in the future but those uh, that bow and arrow that she's wielding in the trailer very reminiscent of the night sisters Yep. Uh, weapons. So, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's something. Do they go to Dathomir? That, maybe it's uh, uh, Django Fed spursed with uh, a little bit of uh, Ventress. <laughs> it's, it's Darth Maul's DNA. <laughs> exactly. Mo mother tells him. Yeah. Uh, Dathomir would be sick, by the way. We, Maul, I think Maul is is a must at some point in the show. Like maybe you think he'll show two. up? Yeah, because he was in the Clone Wars. You know, it's in the DNA of the the story and we there's room for him between clone wars and solo where he he there's stuff that could be explored there um there's a character i would love to see and this is not going off of my bias i would love to see boba fett because mm -hmm. this is the prime time for Makes him sense. entering that bounty hunter era you know he gets the armor and we haven't seen that that um the there was the the you know how they like made the episode and showed how he got the dent in the helmet yeah yeah with cad bane yeah there was there was the scrapped uh episode with cad mm -hmm. bane it was like the early drawing uh yeah it was the thing of, of him point. how he gets the dent in his helmet mm -hmm. so i would love to see that actually shown in an episode fully developed sort of like how the bad batch was a a early scrapped thing before because they just didn't have time to make it how about this? So we know in Mando that Boba Fett saves Fennec Shan's life uh, at some point, and she said a line to the effect like, "My life, I owe it to Boba Fett." What about you? Know Fennec Shan is going to be in this show. What yes. about if Fennec Shan at some point saves Boba Fett, and that way they can set you know do the reversal thing when Boba Fett saves Fennec Shan in the future? Is because she he's paying off that debt that you know that what I'm saying that yeah. could be a really cool way to to have they those just, two characters interact. But wouldn't he owe her a life debt then? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just shooting the shit. But just for them to <laughs> just for them to know each other, I think it would be a cool connection. I would definitely uh, like at least some interaction, and they should know who each other are in this universe. Mm -hmm. Whether you know, in the time period of the Bad Batch or later on, they definitely learn of each other just because they're both very infamous in the world of scum and villainy. Yes. Uh, another great character that gets pulled in, of course, is uh, Saw Gerrera. We, we go to Onderon. Um And we see, you know, it's he's a little bit more, you know, loopy in the head. Lies. Deception. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's okay. still the, the same voice actor from Clone Wars, so it's not Forrest Whitaker. But you know, yeah. we gotta we gotta bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. So they, I feel like they're starting to bridge that gap because he, you know, he he's he's not combing his hair. 
Yes, I was just glad face. that he wasn't like abrasive or annoying because yeah. I've never, I, honestly, I've never really liked Saw Gerrera as a character. <laughs> never. Not even in Rebels. No. Wow. Well, he was a Saw dick Gerrera, in Rebels, dude. He tried to, he yeah. tried to kill the last uh, Geonosian. Yeah, no, of course he. But he's a, he's like a, he's that type of character. He's a <laughs> yeah. crazy character. And he gets yeah. more crazy and extreme as, as it goes on. Yeah. I liked him in Fallen Order, though. He was good in that. He, yeah. he was still an ally then. I like the premise of his character and why he is there. Yeah. Like, why he is a character. But, I don't know. I just, I don't care for him as a character. I don't go, oh, yeah, right. it's Saul Guerrero. Woo! I just, I'm just like, eh, I don't care. But they, they constantly bring him up in, in different stuff. Because and, they and, have and to it, show that radical side of rebellion. Right. They have to show how the rebellion started. True. And the different factions. But what I also like about that, and especially in this show, is that we get to check in with this character like many years, like spanning many years, and he's in a very different place uh, at, yeah. at different points of the story. Yep. I would agree with that. Uh, Saw so also had a, a bunch of refugees with him, which was interesting. Yeah. I, I saw people thinking like maybe it was uh, Ga- uh, uh, Lyra and and Galen. Oh, that would have been cool. Little Jin, because there was yeah. a little girl there. Uh, and I was I was definitely trying to figure out like I felt like I've seen these characters before, and I you know thought what? about I thought Speaking about the, of that though. Yeah, uh, we you know we're prob we're definitely going to see more Saw, so we're probably yeah. going to get Galen and Lyra and Little Jin. Maybe, although like if you if there's a book called Catalyst, and I think at this point, and also in the based on the flashbacks in Rogue One, like Galen Erso is still working for the Empire. Uh, yeah. Still working for the Empire at this point, so yeah. it's going to be a little time until they defect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it would be a really cool a way to connect it, I think, mm-hmm. to to show them or it showed like their their friendship starting to to show up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. Sagar is probably going to be a big deal in this show. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shown him in the in the freaking pilot. Big deal. Yeah. Also, it's a great way to to set up the rebellion without actually talking about the rebellion because I love this line where he said like the the clone war is over but there's a civil war about to begin. Yeah. And he's literally like 20 years too early saying that statement, but I he love that knew. he's right. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. Uh and of course he's lost his sister recently so there's a whole thing there. Yeah. I I also wonder if Lux Bonteri will show up because he was Suppose he's he was from Underon, and his mother was a senator, and you know he was one of the love interests for Ahsoka. Yeah, and um, that would be cool to also mm-hmm. get, that, and it would be an organic uh, extension from from the Clone Wars storytelling. Right. Obviously, you know, at least for a couple episodes, we're gonna have them on the run and them trying to find their way in the universe. But Crosshair is clearly not going to forget about them. Tarkin isn't going to forget about them. So they're going to be hunted down and it's going to be a lot of the same format. I think of the Mandalorian, at least season one where, you know, we get uh, the Mandalorian with uh, Grogu just going to different places and experiencing different things. And um, you know, everyone trying to capture him. So I think it's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. And I love that they set up at the end, so they take uh, the kid and they set up that they're going to J-17, like Sector J-17. And um, I've read online that that was the sector where, you know that arc in the Clone Wars 
They're they going. They're, kidnapped they're going to cop. one clone. What's his name? Yeah, the the clone that des- the deserter he is the name of that episode that has a family. Yeah, which I always thought it was like a really cool standalone episode, and mm-hmm. I had like there's there, I never thought in a million years they would bring it back. Yeah, uh, but they are. I, it seems, and it, he knows Rex really well. That that uh, clone because yep. that that was the whole arc was around that. So if you could choose one person or group to be seen in the show, who would it be? Oh fuck. I mean, Ahsoka is is kind of a given. I feel like she'll show up at some point. Yeah, probably with uh, Rex. Probably with Rex. You know who'd be cool? Yeah. Uh, because we've seen the trailer when when Rex shows up. There's there's been flashes that maybe he, they're on Braca, mm-hmm. and it'd be cool to see uh, what's his face, the the Fallen Order kid. Yeah, uh, Cal Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis is a runaway Jedi. Maybe yeah. the, the Bad Batch will take up on themselves to save like uh, Padawans from Order 66 because Hunter feels guilty about the whole thing because of the whole Caleb uh, Doom experience. And maybe yeah. that's, that becomes their, like, their new life mission. That'd be, that'd be sick. That would be cool. So Cal Kestis for me. What's for you? I want to see the clone commandos from Republic Commando. We got oh, little snippets yeah. of them in the Clone Wars, very brief. Very, they didn't very really brief. have any dialogue or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to actually see them in action, whether they're hunting down the Bad Batch, because they would be an extremely formidable enemy for them. Yeah. Or maybe they also, their inhibitor chips don't work. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe we see Vader, too. I think Vader <laughs> Not too shabby. given at some point. Yeah, I think at some point, like, like people have to start hearing the rumors of this dark shadow in the in the galaxy. Yeah, because I remember in in the Ahsoka novel, she talks about how th- she's heard about the new Emperor's weapon and it's Vader. Yeah, well, and you got to so think he... the Imperial Command like had to be introduced to Vader. Like, yo, this is your new boss. Like, the one down from the Emperor. Exactly, and so... Tarkin Tarkin's around, so they they have a rapport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll meet, they'll kiss, and everything. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I just hope James Earl Jones is in it. Yeah, yeah. but whatever. But, but, Overall, I'm very excited for the rest of the show. Loved the first episode, and just can't wait to see more. Yes, and what do you guys want to see in the Bad Batch? Yeah. Who do you want to see? Please let us know. Uh, please, please celebrate May the Fourth safely. Don't do anything too crazy. Have some blue milk and just chill. Have some blue milk and chill. <laughs> <laughs> and um, may the force be with you. May the fourth be with you. Oh, that's right. May the fourth be with you. Always. Take a fairy.